0: Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. We are the digital media channel of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, bringing you news of the Catholic faith as it's lived out here, and thanks to our partner Catholic News Service across the nation and the world. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, great to have you back in the studio.
1: Great to be back, Gina.
0: And as for the studio, we're actually on the road today here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Winwood, Pennsylvania, for our annual Lenten tradition of putting seminarians completely on the spot, asking them to explain to us all of the Sunday Gospels in Lent. So no pressure there. <laughs> well, and joining us today, our brave first seminarian for this series is Brendan Zahner. Brendan, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me. And thank you for making all this long journey to get here.
0: I live in Northeast Philly, so it was 20 minutes.
2: <laughs> I'm still at a drive on City Line Avenue.
0: That's true. It felt like 20 miles, actually. But, Brenda, where are you from? Well, first of all, what year of seminary are you in?
2: Okay, so I'm what's in called Theology Two, uh, which is, for practical purposes, my fifth year out of seven here at the seminary. So, God willing, In two years, I'll be ordained.
0: Excellent. And from what parish are you?
2: I'm from St. Luke's in Glenside, which is just to the north of the city. Uh, For those of you who like off, off Broadway, I can recommend the Keswick Theater for bands that really hit their peak around the 1988. They will be soon playing the Keswick Theater. Wait
0: a minute. Are you the one that Matt saw when he was at a concert?
1: No, I did see another seminarian around Christmas time. I went with my wife and my daughter, and a few rows ahead, I saw um, a seminarian. I I think I know that guy's name, but I couldn't remember it exactly, so I didn't (laughs) go up to him. But it's a great place for a show, a meal, parking's easy. It's a lovely little town. It's also the best town in the universe. (laughs) Um, So two
0: distinctions. It is. It's a beautiful town. I have friends who live there. I used to work there actually many years ago. Well, with no further ado, we will take a look at how the scriptures speak to us through Lent. Matt, what is the gospel for the first Sunday of Lent?
1: In this gospel from the gospel of Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 13, the congregation will hear about the three temptations of Jesus by the devil. Those, those temptations are threefold in that the devil tempts, the, tempts Jesus by offering him bread because he's been in the desert for 40 days. Um, he tempts him with power and glory. And lastly, he puts God to the test. He says, throw yourself down and you'll be saved. So it's these three temptations that we'll be hearing about and we're reflecting on.
0: Brendan, how does this scripture speak to us today? Well,
1: I think where this
2: scripture is most clearly helpful for us in 2022 is the line that the devil actually tempts Jesus so frequently with, which is, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, do this, try this, what have you. And for especially helpful for us as a first Sunday in Advent reading, one of the things that Lent really should be doing for us is helping us to prepare ourselves to receive God's love on the cross. And one of the biggest barriers that we don't always think about is the barriers our expectations of God put on him. And I think this is very, very easy for us to understand in sort of like year two of coronavirus pandemic, because for so many people are becoming more and more aware of the expectations they just... Implicitly had of how long is this going to last? Okay, I'll put up with, you know, not seeing this family friend for three months, but I assume it'll pass by that point and then I'll be fine. Or I assume that I can go back to doing this at this point. And you weren't even aware of the timeline that you put on that when it began. But of our lot of people, the increasing frustration you have, you realize that, oh, I had implicitly assumed this would be over by now. And the fact that it's not is really frustrating. Now, like, I don't know, like, could you have, at the point when you made that expectation said, oh, I can justify it being exactly nine months and six days, and, but not that seventh day? Of course not. But the truth is also the case of our spiritual life, is we put all these expectations on God all the time. Which is, you know, oh, God, you're obviously going to answer this prayer because that would be a cool thing for you to do. That's a loving thing for you to do. And you haven't. Well, now I'm mad at you, God. Well, God never told you that's how it was going to go. But you put that expectation on how God's going to be. And that's obviously the basic story of the gospel is we didn't expect God to come as man and die for our sins. But he did. So... There we are.
1: And you're seeing Jesus kind of surrendering himself to God's providence in the desert. Oh, absolutely. And relying on him, especially in his word. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that kind of humility and surrendering yourself gets back to people's expectations, because it sounds like you're saying, we want to be in control.
2: Oh, yeah. I think probably the most helpful line in actually how Luke is able to give this entire story to you in a nice little summary is this very, very last line in this gospel, which is, when the devil had finished tempting him for a time... He departed from him. But there's sort of two parts of that. One is he did every temptation. We have those three that Matt laid out so really nicely. But we're still left to understand that Jesus faced all the temptations in the desert. And they kept coming down back. And it's always pointing to that final time on the cross. So it's very much of a first Sunday of Lent pointing us to the entire Lent experience and that ultimate subversion of our expectations, which is God dying on the cross.
0: And it sets up new expectations of what Lent is really about. Absolutely. What are some of the specific expectations people have of God? I really like that point because I think God gets such bad press so many times in our hearts and heads what are some expectations of God?
2: Well, I think you probably have to take it out from, like, entire society at broad to even sort of the expectations that a Catholic in the pews may be unaware that they have of God. So you have sort of the outward expectations. Those are usually the arguments that sort of people use against the church all the time. Well, like, obviously, if God were real, then there wouldn't be any sinners in the church. You're like, well, I don't know where you got that one from because we never said that. But you have people implicitly, clearly have that assumption all the time. But then even the person in the pews, and this can get really tragic sometimes, will have really faithful Catholics and they'll be struggling a lot with problems. And they'll say, well, I go to Mass every Sunday. I you know, went to Catholic school. I pray regularly. And yet, how is it that this disease could happen in my life? A loved one could be taken from me, maybe by coronavirus or something else. Um, really, any set of tragedies. And this is someone who really has throughout their entire life, try to dedicate themselves to the gospel. And their realization, until it says too late, that I hadn't expected these sort of challenges to come my way. You see this, I think, probably also clear people more at the end of their life. Uh, Whereas sometimes people realize they had sort of a laundry list of things they want to do in their life. And they are surprised when that life is taken before that list is accomplished. But then sort of on the other side of it is you have people who the list is accomplished. And like, why hasn't God taken me to him yet? And the answer might be that God may have something further in store for you that you hadn't planned on. Um, So our idea of like, when is, it's a very serious question to grapple with, but Lent's a good time for serious questions. When is the right time to die is going to answer all three B's when God takes you to him.
0: And in every moment. You know, it seems to me too, as you were talking, that there's a liberation from expectations that Jesus sets up here. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, I think the problem with expectations is we have to put ourselves, as you mentioned earlier, in a seat of ultimate judgment. We have to have this, it's actually very tiring to have expectations. We just don't realize it because speaking about the coronavirus, so I have an expectation of how long it's going to last. That means I have to have like analyze the virus itself precisely supposed to begin and end, but I have no idea. Um, I, I really cannot begin to overstate my ignorance on these matters, but I can say that with God's setting the bar of my life, that wherever he leads me, society, what have you, will be a place ultimately fulfilled in his providence. And that can be a huge unnecessary burden that we've put on our own soul shoulders.
0: One question I would have is, what do you say to those who feel they can't overcome temptation? They just feel so defeated. And I'm thinking in particular of a number of people I know who have long struggled with addiction. What would you say?
2: And obviously, for people in that situation, that can be incredibly challenging and not something you wish want to dismiss as like, oh, well, you just aren't trying hard enough or something like that. But the message of hope that this gospel gives us isn't that we just tried one more time and there was a breakthrough, though that could happen for some. I don't want to deny that possibility, but that throughout it all, that Jesus, first and foremost, took those temptations upon himself. And that's why I like phrasing it the way I did, which is preparing ourselves to receive just how much he loves us. Because even the person suffering immense, continual temptation, that is still precisely the person that God so badly is opening his arms out to when he's hanging upon the cross. And that's the person he wants to pour his love so deeply into. So I think that would be the message I would have, which is, while well, on a personal level, the frustration can be immense, the challenges can seem insurmountable, it is still nothing compared to how much Jesus loves you and how much Jesus opened opening up his arms to you on the cross. So it's, even if you may lose
1: confidence in yourself, don't lose confidence in his love for you. And we see, um, as you were saying earlier, Brendan, that... These temptations aren't just here and then gone, just for now, for a time, yes, but they'll be coming back. And we see a lot of these similar scenes reappearing in Jesus' ministry, dealing with food, dealing with people wanting to make him king, uh, you know, and so forth. So a lot of temptations are repetitive. They come back. Um, a wise person once told me they call this a um, a dominant fault. So it's like fault that you have that's dominant, so it keeps reappearing for you. So what kind of hope can people take from this message, from this gospel today, about how Jesus deals with temptation continually?
2: I think this gets at maybe maybe a really common misperception, which is who is it that understands temptation better than anybody else? And I think the person that we would intuitively say is, well, the person who just does a lot of bad stuff, they're tempted all the time, and they— do that thing. Um, but the gospel really points us in the exact radically opposite direction, which is the person who resists temptation, which when we think about our own lives, we get the temptation that, you know, on Halloween night, we see the piece of candy, eat it right away. We might not even remember that temptation, but when you resist and it keeps crawling in your mind and you just, Keep trying to hold it off, but it keeps beating upon you. That's the temptation that you get. Or think about any drama series where there's like the will they or won't they situation dynamic. Well, the entire drama is before they actually do whatever the thing that was leading to. Once it's actually done, the drama's gone. So I think when we think about our own experiences in life, we can be able to more deeply appreciate that our Lord actually understands the temptations we're undergoing better than even we do, because it was such an ongoing part of his life. And the moment of the temptation, clearly, but at every moment in the public ministry, you had the Pharisees coming up to him, asking, give us a sign, or what have you, if you are the son of God. Um, all the way up to the cross, which is just replete with these incredible temptations. I mean, who wants to die? And we see in the garden, we even see in the last moments on the cross, they're still there, still pressing. And so imagine almost every second of your life being filled with that worst dominant fault of yours, just crawling on the mind, just banging on the door to be let in, but you're resisting. And that might give you a true insight of how well our Lord understands the temptation that you're undergoing.
0: That's wonderful. Brendan, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. As this Lenten season starts, this was a great way to open it up. And we truly thank you.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I said, thank you for braving the cold, braving the traffic and braving the elements.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. We thank you for embarking on the journey of priesthood. And please know you'll be in our prayers during that journey. And as we journey through Lent, you take care. Come back soon. God bless. You've been listening to CatholicPhilly.com from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much to our publisher, Archbishop Nelson Perez, our editor, Matt Gambino, to our seminarians, and to you, our listeners, and of course, to our Lord, without whom none of this would be possible. You can find us online at CatholicPhilly.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Catholic Philly. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you.